once again back once again back once again back once again back once again with a Hey, I'm Scott. Welcome to the Wisdom in All Things podcast. You know, God freely provides us the wisdom we need to properly handle life, lead, and impact others. This is what this little podcast and the website, the blog, is all about. Helping all of us really discover what we can understand and apply rather easily to our minds, bodies, and souls from the basis of how God directs us through His Word, the Bible. Our Wisdom in All Things special series continues with Benjamin Franklin's 13 Virtues, and this week, and this week, talking about chastity. Benjamin Franklin says, Rarely use venery, but for health or offspring, never to dullness, weakness, or the injury of your own or another's peace or reputation. In effect, more leads to less. Don't worry, I had to look it up too. Essentially, venery is sexual indulgence. Living when he did, you'd expect Franklin to hold what some would call a more prudish view of how we should express ourselves sexually. But even his explanation could be taken to be a little on the progressive side. He doesn't exactly prohibit indulgence, but instead warns of its implications. When it comes to living life, I, I like to think that the older something is, the more likely it is to be right. It's had time to be tested and proven. After all, wisdom doesn't have an expiration date. Consider this argument from over 1,700 years before Franklin. It's from Epictetus. He says, Abstain from casual sex and particularly avoid sexual intercourse before you get married. This may sound prudish or old-fashioned, but it is a time-tested way by which we demonstrate respect for ourselves and others. Sex is not a game. It gives rise to very real, enduring emotional and practical consequences. To ignore this is to debase yourself and to disregard the significance of human relationships. Again, this was said 1,700 years before Franklin. More than a, a prudish decree, chastity has broad and deep implications. These arguments that we've just heard for chastity find their basis in what God has said of sexual immorality millennia before them both. From Leviticus 18, 1 through 4, it says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the people of Israel and say to them, I am the Lord your God. You shall not do as they do in the land of Egypt where you lived, and you shall not do as they do in the land of Canaan to which I am bringing you. You shall not walk in their statutes. You shall follow my rules and keep my statutes and walk in them. I am the Lord your God. The chapter goes on to describe the specific ways these Israelites are to behave as God's people. Imagine what our culture would be like if we were to have abided by God's mandate of purity. People not debasing themselves and having a high regard for the significance of human relationships would be pretty fantastic. While Franklin and Epictetus are good to point out the consequences of rejecting chastity, they miss an important point of the equation. Everything has a purpose and a place or timing, especially venery. When it comes to our sexual expression, purpose and place are inextricably tied together. Marriage was designed as the sole place for the purpose of venery to be satisfied. At least what Franklin points out, personal health and the well-being of a family, are realized when the expression of our sexual desires remain within the context of our marriage. If not for chastity, our unbridled expression leads to depletion. We'll have less excitement, less strength, less peace, less reputation, and most discouragingly, we'll have less to offer our spouse in marriage. More, in this case, leads to less. So how can we identify the warning signs? Well, venery is certainly one area we need to, to have control over. It by no means is the only area where we need to exercise restraint. The essence of chastity, the practice of refraining from, can be applied throughout our lives. 
we can use the four areas Franklin uh, pointed to as a means to identify wherever we've unwittingly blown through a barrier. First, is life seemingly just a little dull? See, dullness can lead either to idleness or to us exploring things that ought not be explored. Both are cul-de-sacs of misery. When something is dull, it has lost its flavor, or we have just lost sight of its value. What part of your life has lost its flavor? What are some good ways to make it flavorful again? Secondly, is there an area that you need to discover, maybe again for the first time, that will remind you of its worth and value? Next, Franklin pointed to the area of weakness, or where we're vulnerable. We are weaker when we indulge, but grow stronger through restraint. Weakness leaves us vulnerable. With our strength depleted, we expose ourselves to being undermined or are exhausted by having given ourselves away to something unworthy of any attention. Where are you exerting the most effort? Are you able to, to justify that level of effort in that area? Where has excess or indulgence left you vulnerable? How can that revelation motivate you to rebuild your defenses? Third, where's the conflict, tension, or lack of harmony in your life? Peace of mind, peace with others, peace is, is so peaceful. No good thing comes from chaos. Peace allows us to see clearly and to take the necessary time to find the right path forward. So what areas or people are robbing you of order? What things do you need to let go of that you need to decide to make progress on correcting? And where have you allowed disorder or discord to linger? And the fourth point that, that Ben Franklin seems to make in his definition of chastity is what are you known for? How is your life viewed by others? In other words, your reputation. This is a little tricky. We don't want to be too concerned with what other people think. I was intentionally trying to avoid that by the way I asked the questions. We need to, to care for how we communicate and to a degree how we're understood. Our ability to persuade and influence is largely based on the reputation that we have cultivated. Not having the right reputation can be very limiting. Would others describe you as someone who is in control of themselves? Is there a sense on the part of others that you take things too far? And what parts of your reputation need repair? So the four warning signs that I think Benjamin Franklin highlights is life seemingly being a little dull, where you're weak or vulnerable, where there's conflict, tension, or lack of harmony, and your reputation, how others view you. Indulging ourselves ultimately leads to diminishing returns. Our impulses, when pursued in excess, lead to dullness. When life becomes dull, we become weak and vulnerable. We give in too easily. We can't defend ourselves, and we can't pursue what is best for us. Being unable to defend and control ourselves for a lack of resolve, it is hard to maintain peace. A life of dullness, defenselessness, and discord is disastrous. Who wouldn't hold a dim view of such a person? These are unintended consequences of all gas, no break. When we let loose, we are certain to injure ourselves and others. As we all know, it's all fun and games until someone loses an eye. You can get all 13 of Benjamin Franklin's virtues at wisdominallthings.com. I, I got them all ordered right there. You just head over to the website and under resources, you'll be able to find all 13. You can listen, read all about them, and be sure to tell others about the podcast. Just send them to wisdominallthings.com.